Welcome back to Featured Picks, episode 12. Today we're talking Tom's life updates, Jeffrey Epstein case updates, Bonnie Vare, Vampire Weekend concerts, and concert experiences, and we're wrapping it up with Discover Weekly. Thanks for tuning in to Featured Picks. It's been a couple weeks now since we've recorded as a, as a threesome, you know? Yeah, that's been, true. I've been working my ass off at uh, Shaquille's. Shaq, really? Getting that bread. Really cracking the whip on you. Shaq scheduled me every day. You know, I asked that man to cover my shift the other day, and he said, you know what? I can't. I'm, I'm taking care of my grandma. And I was like, oh, that's cool, man. Don't worry about it. I see Shaq a picture of him like... dancing at the club on Instagram. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Did not believe oh, it. Incredible. Yeah, well, he was at some concert or something, wasn't he? Where he was like moshing around and people got yeah, videos of him. I think he was at Lollapalooza because he was he was DJing at Lollapalooza, so I think he was also like attending as well. He definitely was moshing at a pretty well known band's yeah performance. I don't remember who it was. He was like three feet taller than every single other person. Around he was him. he was he was pushing people. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He was, like, lightly pushing people, though. Like, you could tell he was really refraining Seven from, like, his Seven foot 330, lightly pushing is still probably throwing you back a good bit. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's throwing it around. That man is solid. Yeah. You love to see it. Well, anyways, uh, so what, what else has been going on? You've been writing uh, some tunes now, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I've been writing some tunes with, uh, with Ben, and, uh, um... They've been turning out really cool. That's been a really fun thing to do. We've been writing music since we got here, but uh, we've gotten a lot more proactive and able to churn them out faster. So we finished a song, our very first song we've ever finished on last Saturday. And yep. then we kept writing the same day and then started writing a new song. We have about four or five unfinished songs that we now want to go back and uh, like get into. Um, so. Yeah, that's been really cool. Well, uh, I'll have I'll play a sample on here at some point when we like fully finish uh, and like have stuff really professionally recorded. But the feet picks world premiere. Yeah, very no, important. No idea what we're naming our ourselves, but uh, we'll see. Hey, that comes with time. Usually, I feel like people come up with some goofy band name first, and then the music follows. <laughs> the, <laughs> featured, the featured picks late night band. <laughs> <laughs> the late late feet picks band oh i love it so yeah you've also had a, a pretty interesting celebrity encounter you were telling yeah, us about the other day yeah uh, dennis rodman came into shaquille's yesterday and uh I, I mean it was a really normal like it wasn't anything like no one was freaking out no one was like look at that's dennis rodman like he was just kind of sitting there and he's got like eight piercings in his face and his nails are painted ruby red and they're like sparkly. And uh um, what color hair was he working with today? Or not today. Uh he was wearing a hat. He was wearing a hat. Oh, oh classic. A mystery. Incognito. Um I'm not entirely convinced that Dennis Rodman is a real human being, if we're being he kind of seems like he's like I, an amalgamation of was, like people's imagination. Like the first few seasons of Dennis Rodman's NBA career, he looked so normal. <laughs> I and don't know what happened. He ended up on the Chicago Bulls and he just changed. And then he journeyed to North Korea and he where went he was hanging out with Kim Jong Un. Basketball diplomacy with Kim Jong Un. Very strange. Best of friends. Tom is 2 degrees from Kim Jong Un. That's pretty wild. Yeah. How how does that feel? I don't really know how I feel about that. That's that's pretty wild. Leader of the free world, Kim Jong Un. <laughs> 
the last bastion of true freedom, North Korea. Oh um, man, yeah. Um, but yeah, Kim Jong Un, friend of the show. <laughs> he's he's now an officially a friend of the show. We are we are North Korea truthers here. That's right. The South Korean um, narrative is just simply not true. It's a false narrative. Yeah. Yeah, but he came in and uh, he didn't. He didn't pay like once someone else paid, so he did. <laughs> he dined and dashed. <laughs> you imagine? Um, yeah, no. I mean, like the people he was with paid, so there was no like crazy tip or anything. They tipped normally, and he left. So tragic. He didn't have that North Korea money. He did not have the North Korean money with him. Dennis, where's that NBA contract? He spent it all. Probably. It's pretty safe. Bet Almost he definitely. He yeah, definitely. He seems like he did. I can see it in his face. He's no Shaq. Shaq is like what he's supposed to be like the most wise investor or something and like he owns like dozens of five guys yeah Shaq is diversifying his and he's in gold bond commercials he's in the general commercials with a little creepy CGI man he's the new papa he's the new papa John yeah our friend a friend friend of the show Sam Bechtel he was I saw he was at the papa John's opening with Shaq we might have to get some papa John's opening testimony yeah at some point down the line have to reach out our boots on the ground reporters. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking of uh of reporting, there is as as many people will know, me and Josh have been obsessed with the Epstein case. Uh, if you listen to our spin-off episode. Very obsessed. Uh there's been some slight I it's not really breaks, but some interesting things have come out. Indeed. Um so he's still dead as far as we know. But there was an interesting dead. photo uh, from some drone footage oh, of this I love island. This. I love this one. Yeah, it's so there is like a 100% chance that this is not him. But my body I like to go soul, 99% chance it's not him. I want to believe so bad that it is him. Tom, I don't know if you've heard of this, but there was a groundskeeper on Jeffrey Epstein's island who looks like almost exactly like this guy, right? And <laughs> like, looks from like- the aerial shot. Yeah, there's like a a picture, and it looks like it's Epstein hanging out on the island, but apparently it's, like, it's a ground. The speaker. drone is like 15 feet above them, like maybe. And I mean, it it the guy he's with is this just like this huge guy on an ATV wearing all black, but the guy that's allegedly not allegedly Epstein is wearing like a blue golf shirt and like some khaki shorts and like Sperry's. They got the same swag. Wow. So he's not. He's not exactly dressed up like he's doing some some labor. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, I would you would think that this guy is not dumb enough to like go and hang out on his private island post death. But we're going to get into a couple things that prove that he may just be one of the dumbest people to ever. I I like to think it's a combination of his pride and just being like like the arrogance of it. Yeah, just sheer arrogance. Like, even if you see me, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) Yeah, are you going to come to my private island and, and tag me? I don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, so in, in terms of things that we have hard evidence of, there was a lot of victim testimony in the past week or so, uh, 30 plus women testified against this man. Um, I think, you know, I think we can go beyond just calling him a disgraced financier. I think we can say for sure that he was a terrible monster and I I I don't know why everybody's playing softball with that, but I guess innocent until proven guilty. Well, he's been proven guilty before for the same thing. Yeah, so. yeah. It's it's so, not like it's out of his track record. He's still kind of guilty. Um, but yeah, so apparently the case is kind of moving now towards going after their co-conspirators, since obviously they can't go after Mr. Epstein anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, so there was 
I, you know, it's not like we can do a whole lot for this, but I think the one thing we can do is just really shit all over his legacy as a human being, you know? Uh, and there was a very interesting article that came out where somebody found his archived science blog that he self-published. Oh, I'm sure um, that's lovely. It was from like 2010 or something. It was, it was around, I want to say it was maybe started around the time of his first arrest. Um, but there's this article from the Chronicle that goes into some of his various posts on, on this blog. And it is like, this man was truly an idiot. Like, I don't know how people could think that he acted alone in like his whole conspiracy and all that, because he's clearly too dumb to function on his own. Um, basically the entire thing was full of like these random vague statements and he just had like really terrible grammar and just basic misunderstandings of science on his own science blog. Um, and you know, some different, uh, it was Jeffrey Epstein science.com, which you can find archived if you want to go browse through How much does it cost to buy the domain? (laughs) Can we, can we use that as the official feedback site? I mean, who says no? I'm not going to say no. Um, but yeah, so it, uh, it quote unquote boasted the generically grandiose title of Jeffrey Epstein's profiles in science. Um, and basically it, it almost seemed like it was more of like a PR campaign, even though it did absolutely nothing for his, for his PR. Um, but there's a couple of quotes I wanted to read off here. Um, this one reads in a post titled why Jeffrey Epstein supports science. Epstein informs the reader that science is quote, still a distinctly human enterprise of creative mind and thought, end quote. And it's all these just very bizarre, like, vague statements. Mm -hmm. Um, What else do we have here? There's one where he just kind of ends it with, like, a sentence fragment. Uh, The paragraph-long post, Cognitive Neuroscience, ends with this sentence fragment. Quote, Yet, the way brain operations differ from computation of the type taught in computer science and electrical engineering departments, end quote. And that's it. That's the whole sentence. <laughs> um, but I would, I would encourage everybody to go and see how much of a fool this guy is. Um, he also just blatantly plagiarized a lot of things, apparently. <laughs> like, um, here's one where it says, an entry titled, Jeffrey Epstein on the Origami of Robert Lang, appears to have been almost entirely cribbed verbatim from Lang's website, the only content that Epstein added is the observation that origami is, quote, not only fun, but may provide important insights, end quote. Indeed. Origami is very scientific. You know, not only fun, but also a lot of important insights. Fun for the whole family. Origami. Um, But yeah, I think that, you know, kind of further substantiates the claim that this guy was taken maybe because he was an idiot and he had absolutely no reason to be a Bear Stearns. Very moldable. Yeah. Clearly just propped up as a as a front man. So hopefully we can as as the coming weeks uh you know approach and we can give you some more insights into both the idiocy and conspiracy of, of Jeffrey Epstein. Um but yeah, so that's about it. Unfortunately, news with that has started to slow down quite a bit. Uh so we'll see. Hopefully we can keep the ball rolling. The deep state is very happy about that. It's it's almost like it was by design, wasn't it? Crazy how that worked. Yeah, very crazy. crazy. Because yeah, it lines up with so many other things. <laughs> you really hate to see it. But, you know, in a, on a lighter note, I guess we can transition to our next topic. There was another uh, yeah, big event that came on for you, Josh. 
You want to tell us about it? Well, I guess I could. Yeah. The release. The physical release, I should say, of Bonnie Vare's fourth album, I, I, is now in stores. Picked up my copy today. Hotly anticipated by you. Highly anticipated. Um, I don't remember what day it was. It was like a couple weeks ago now that like the tracks just started just coming out on Spotify like two at a time, just like every couple hours. <laughs> Josh is absolutely unprepared for this. <laughs> this man was in a panic in the group chat. <laughs> I was like, there's number five, <laughs> six, it was eight. Like, there's eight of them. It was like some like disaster reporter where you were like on the scene and you were like, we would just get these frenzied texts, updates from I'm you like going, oh my God, I, I, there's six on the playlist now. There's six, six songs. Like Jim Cantore on the Weather Channel during hurricane season. <laughs> You were more enthusiastic than the Hurricane Dorian reporters were. Yeah, it says a lot. It does. So we got the fourth album. Surprise. I love it. I know that's... Shocker. Real shocker. You didn't see that coming. Um, But that's just, you know... That's just how it goes, baby. The man does no wrong. Yeah. He has yet to have a miss in my book. Exactly. And that's hard to do. Especially with four albums. Yeah. Over the course of like a decade. Yeah. Oh, gosh. How long has it been since his last album? Um, last one I think was 2016. I okay. want to say, like oh, early 2016. Like, a good three years. Yeah, that's not too bad. Right around there. It could be earlier, but it's right around 2016, I believe. Um, so there was this kind of video that came out like probably a couple months ago at this point, but it was kind of interesting. It was like this narration of. It sounded like a like a was it Ken Burns, the guy that does the documentaries. Um, I think so. That sounds right. Don't quote me on that. I think it was Kim Burns, but the guy that does like the nature documentaries and stuff like that, not David Attenborough, but the other one. I was going to say, you should definitely know if it's David Attenborough. But anyway, it's like it's like talking about all the different seasons of each Bonnie Iver album. And it's just like serenity is forever in season is what the guy's doing. And it's just like <laughs> very elegant. It's like this like field and some sky and all this weird stuff. But then it's just so like little pieces of the music kind of poke in, you know, just randomly. It's a fun little video. Yeah. So what we learned was that the four albums are supposed to represent the four seasons of the year. So Forever Forever goes winter. Bonnie Iver, self-titled album is spring. Then we had 22 a million, which was summer. And now I comma I is representative of this fall season. Wow. Which is the best season. Obviously. As we all know. Facts. Um, so he kind of briefly mentioned or like referred to the title of the album, I comma I, um, in terms of the meaning of it, but it's still kind of, he leaves some open to interpretation. Um, it's pretty As common. As he tends to do now. Yeah. So I have a quote I'll read from some type of interview. Not our, not an official Feepix interview. That's in the works. Still. <laughs> We're in touch with his agent. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see if it, you know, he gets back to us. So the quote is, the title of the record can mean whatever it means to you or me. It can mean deciphering and bolstering one's identity. It can be how important the self is and how unimportant the self is. How we're all connected. Very fun. Very fun. Um, and I kind of want to play just like one track that most recently stood out to me. Um, and I do a little more background information on this. There was an interview actually a couple of days ago. It came out, I think. Very nice. Um, specifically about the song I Am I or I Am. So uh, we'll play a quick little snippet here for you, give you a little taste, and we'll jump back in. Uh, 
this is a chore What you waiting for? We've been here before And I can't ignore it so that was I Am I by Bonnie Vare off the fourth album, I, I. Wow. Stunning. Stunning and brave. So that one is actually, it's pretty interesting. It's apparently that song is five years in the making and there's 28 people involved in that song. Wow. That's quite the operation. It said he's this in the interview. He was talking about, um, I think it, him and one of his close friends, who's like a producer, were kind of like just messing around with like different producing stuff um just messing around making classics in like a cabin or something and (laughs) that that intro sound it's like kind of coming in and out and then there's like a scratching sound he said that that he was just turning off and on a radio really quickly and the other guy was just sliding a piece of cardboard back and forth on the table (laughs) like to synced it up and doing it like and that they got like the beat part from that from the beginning and they're like all right Justin was adamant that that was going to be the first track on the new album. <laughs> and he didn't know how he was going to get there or what, but he just brought in all these people. That um, sounds like one of those really cheesy scenes, you know, where like somebody will be in like a kitchen or whatever and uh-huh. they'll be like hitting the glass like and all stomp. of a sudden, yeah, somebody <laughs> will start stomping and it becomes this like full production of uh-huh. people. And yeah, that sounds like something like that. It's, I mean, he brought in like James Blake came in. Very nice. James Blake. James Bay? That's someone else. No. James I think it's probably James Blake. Probably James Blake, yeah. James Blake. Okay. Yeah. James Blake. I James Bay would be kind of a okay, it's James an Blake. interesting choice. For, I, those for names, I always, they always switch up for me in my head. That's fair. Um, so James Blake helped him with some of the instrumentals on it. Um, I don't remember what instrument it is. I think it's like maybe like a synth or something. Some um, bizarre instrument that we've never heard of. Yeah. So he's a little bit on there. No singing from him on there or anything like that. But. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apparently, you'll love this. Oh, I, I can't wait. <laughs> Frank Ocean was there for a little bit during that part when James Blake was with them. Like, they were all just there, like, working on it a little bit. Did he make sure not to say a single word so yeah, that he would he, not end up on an approved <laughs> yes. record this year? So, he was, Justin was like, yeah, Frank Ocean was there for a little bit when uh, James was there, like, laying down <laughs> some stuff. And I think we just kind of weirded him out and he left. Frank all has since, stuff. <laughs> he's uh, ever ever since the release of his last single, he actually sewed his mouth shut to ensure that he would never record another piece of music ever again. And it's working. <laughs> Man, um, also, that's the cool. yeah, there's a guy, rap, a rap producer, Wheezy, W H E E Z Y. He pulled him in. For not Lil, Lil Wayne, I would assume. Not Lil Wayne, different guy. But he for like the drum, like yeah, kicked, like the snare and like the little tight. That's know. dope. Um, yeah, it was, like very involved. I mean, he said it's been five years in the making for that one song. <laughs> just for one song? I mean, they were like, they were like, you know, just keep coming back to it because he didn't know what he wanted to do. Yeah. And they went to some studio called like Sonic Ranch down in like the by like the border of Mexico. Yeah. And I think it just finally clicked there. I don't think I've song. ever worked on anything for more than like a week at a time <laughs> of my life. <laughs> yeah, before five I years is like, mm. that's a lot. That's a that's a big commitment. I love that song. Stunning. I love yeah. that song. It's, I mean, it's, it's really hard to pick a favorite from this. Yeah, I still don't know, honestly. Uh, it's just like, I think it's a perfect just build upon his last album. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's, his last album is the closest thing that I can think of to what the new album sounds like. Yeah. But that's just because nothing else sounds like the last album. 
Yeah, I feel like it's almost a hybrid of 22 million and the self-titled one because there's yeah, I can see that. It's like the 22 million kind of seemed like he almost pushed it as far as it could go mm-hmm. in terms of like his sound. Um, but this has kind of a lot of more traditional elements, I right. would say, traditional musical elements. I know he, to... I think he scaled back like the, um, the vocal, like the, like distortion, distortion like, the stuff. it's a lot more like of that. just straight up vocals, uh, for him on there. So I enjoyed that. It's, it's always fun, you know, getting yeah. new stuff from him. Oh yeah. And, uh, there's also going to be some more and more new stuff from him later on in the show that you'll see. Uh oh. Yeah. Who knows what to believe? <laughs> Stay tuned. It could be anything. We won't. We won't spoil it for you. But uh, yeah, definitely. Just some some thoughts about the album. Um, yeah. If you still are kind of holding out off on Bonnie Bear, we, we like to persuade our listeners to do what we what we like. We like uh, to berate them verbally until they until agree you with feel our bad and decide that you're like, all right, fine, I'll listen to the stupid thing. And just <laughs> shut up. We just kind of like to wear you down. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's. I hope it's working, because our tastes are impeccable, and you deserve <laughs> access to that. Oh, incredible! Yeah, no, I I really liked it though. I this is my first Bonnie Vare record that I saw. And the vinyl for it is really cool. It's pretty. I don't know if you've it's pretty cracked slick. into yours yet. But... I haven't opened mine yet, but I looked through yours. Oh, that's so, true. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's pretty neat. It's got this like plastic sleeve on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And like on the the sleeves for vinyls are usually just kind of like the random covers for it, you know, and they're just clear plastic. But this one is like rigid plastic and it's got a bunch of designs over it. Mm-hmm. And that overlaps with the designs on the actual album sleeve itself. Uh, and they make like a cool picture both by oh. themselves and like when you put them together. Mm-hmm. And then it comes with this little photo book with it, too. And uh I got a really cool pin with mine because I got mine in Athens, but Josh didn't get one. I supported local business and I did not get a pin. I I supported local business. Not our local business. (laughs) It wasn't Alpharetta local business, but it was local (laughs) business. Uh, Maybe maybe mine's just hidden in there. Who knows? Yeah. I'm sure it is. You just didn't want it bad enough, I think. I think kind of really the conclusion that we can draw from that is that I'm the bigger Bonnie Bear fan. I'm the more dedicated fan. Guilty. You hate to see it. You really do. Tom, uh, did you have any thoughts on on I I? I uh, I need to like I need to still kind of go through it so I can start differentiating songs because it's like song titles. I just can't remember them. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty similar in that aspect to the last one. The only one I think I kind of remember um, is I think it starts with a D. Let's uh, see. I don't think there's any that start with a D. No, nope, no, nope, there are not. Shadia. Shadia Dynasty. That's what I think of every time I see that song. Oh, I like Naeem a lot. That was a really good one. That's probably my favorite as well. Uh, that one's fun to yell. Yeah, it is. Naeem is really good. Uh, oh, almost started playing it. Um, I think Shadia was also cool if I'm remembering it the way That's I... That's the one with the beefy saxophone at the end. Yes. Oh, love that. Fun fact, um, Spotify has a visualizer with two eyes, of course. Oh, that one's really cool. That you can listen to the album and like watch this visualizer that has a bunch of crazy stuff on it. Oh, but, yeah. Like the white text or the white background with all the eyes making like pictures and stuff. Yeah. That one. Yep. Yeah. It'll show like how many people are concurrently streaming it right now yeah. and like how many total streams it has. It's very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. 
also the I think like every song has a YouTube video now for like a lyric video. Yeah. And they're pretty they're pretty slick. Yeah, they're not like kind of like tried and true music videos per no, se. It's, but they're like kind of they have some cool visuals to accompany it. There's typically dancing involved. Some form of interpretive dance. And then like lyrics just kind of very graphic design uh, layout styles going on with those. <laughs> Wrong album, but we still love it. We, we, we still support it. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. But yeah, it's it's a very good album. It's, yeah. I feel like there's, well, I guess in the past week there's been a couple of good albums come out, but for a while that a was of, like yeah. the best one so far. Definitely album of the year contender. For sure. I agree. So, although... We do have uh, Kanye West's Jesus, Jesus is, is King. Jesus is King. Oh my God. And show up allegedly the 27th of September. Mark your calendar. We'll see. We'll see if it stands. We'll see if it, if it even shows up. But I'm ready to get hurt again. We are. <laughs> no <laughs> so doubt that's gonna about be, it. That's going to be literally like the one year anniversary of when Yandi was supposed to come out. Two days prior. Yeah. But anyways, you'll you'll be getting a very overzealous episode from us oh, if yeah. that comes out. That's a fact. That is but, very uh, exciting. Yeah. But in the meantime, we'll be streaming I Come I on Spotify. Available in your local record store. <laughs> Pick it up today. Business. Support local business. Give them code FeetPicks for a 20% discount. That is a worldwide record store um, discount available for anybody. So You can try it. We can't promise anything. Um, yeah. Um, FeetPicks20 at the register. <laughs> if it works, let us know. <laughs> Yeah, if it works, let us know because we are not getting any kickback from that. So we would like to investigate it. Um, but yeah, speaking of good music, Uh-oh. good times, and good fun, uh, me and Josh were at the Vampire Weekend show. We at, were uh, at the Fox Theater, Ooh. the fabulous Fox. Yeah, that was my first time at the Fox Theater. That place is sick. That is by far the nicest bathrooms I've ever seen at a concert. It's inc- like, yeah. There's like marble everywhere. That place is nice. Yeah. I felt very safe. Uh, you know, I didn't even feel like I had to line the uh, the seat with toilet paper. It's a nice little, you know, luxury, <laughs> like, like a luxury, you know? It is it is very luxurious. You won't find that pretty much anywhere else that you'd see a concert at. Yeah, but uh, this was my first time seeing Vampire Weekend. Josh, this is what, your second time? Third second time? Second time. Second time. So I'm six years ago at the Fox. Yeah, a little bit of a, a, little bit of a gap there in performances <laughs> in Atlanta. Yeah, literally, um, that was the last time they were here. It was six years ago. Wow. That's too much. Ezra, come on, man. You got to give us something. Although he did say, I mean, they're going to be back for Music Midtown. And he did say at the end of the show that they'd be back a lot sooner, too. Which is good. Uh, so we'll see. Perhaps a second leg of the of the concert. I hope so. The, for some more exclusive tour. merch. Yeah. No, that was very cool. We got some sweet-ass tie-dye shirts. They're pretty sick. Just in time for winter when they'll Just be totally unwearable. But we'll wear them anyway. Yeah. They had some Atlanta-exclusive rainbow tie-dye stuff. Ooh, that's that very cool. cool. Of course, I had to drop like, you know, I ended up walking out of there with with two shirts, Ooh. two for myself and one for Cruz. Um, but it was it was a very solid set. They played for what, like a full two hours? It went from like 845 to 1045. Yeah, it was a lot. I looked up the set list afterwards. Twenty seven songs. Ooh, yeah. So and like somehow I didn't I don't think I realized how deep the Vampire Weekend song. There's a pretty dense catalog. catalog. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh man, I really wish we got, uh, you know, Yahe and uh, Unbearably White. But then I kind of looked back and I was like, wait a minute, I just kind of really wanted to hear every single song that they didn't play, uh, even though they already played 27 songs. Um, 
But yeah, and they would add in um, a lot of these fun little freestyles too. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, the live performance for Sunflower was very cool. It's like the ten minute Sunflower. I heard yeah. they I heard they brought out Steve Lacey at some point in their tour at, at the Madison Square Garden. I think. Yeah, yeah, live from the garden. Steve Lacey was out there. That would've been pretty slick. That would've been very slick. No Atlanta, Steve Lacey for Atlanta. Atlanta stays losing out here. <laughs> they they only bring up the special acts for L.A. and New York City. Yeah, the two cities. That's why we have Thomas in L.A. We actually sent him there. Boots so on the ground. He could, uh, he could report back to us with all the fun L.A. exclusive stuff. Um, but yeah, for any any Time Crisis fans out there, that would be Ezra, the lead singer's uh, Beats One radio show. They've been really into jam bands recently. <laughs> yeah. And like kind of how they will just kind of jam out for like 10, 12, 15 minutes straight on certain songs. And you could tell that they were really vibing with that for this tour. Oh, yeah. Um, because yeah, Sunflower went on for about 10 minutes and it's normally like a two and a half minute song. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, they had kind of like some dueling guitars going on and it was, it was very cool. But yeah, so I, I did notice though, this is completely unrelated to, uh, to Vampire Weekend itself, but there are like so many different archetypes of people that you can find at yeah, shows and you will impressive. always be able to spot them yeah. no matter what show you go to. Mm -hmm. uh, we we spotted one very early on, and that's um, the person who is too old to be there that records every single second of yes. the show on their phone. Oh, very man. exciting. Of the opener, yeah, she I recorded. Know she was recording. She the recorded act. the entire opening act from like how many rows back? Like oh, the forty rows back. Yeah, she's filming on her phone. <laughs> so it's like, first of all, the audio quality for that is terrible. Oh, the yeah. video quality for that is terrible. Like she zoomed in a lot too, so it's like very grainy, even more grainy. Yeah, but I'm like, are you really enjoying the show if you're like watching phone it screen your phone? inch in front of her face? Yeah, I don't know. I'll never understand why people do that. Um, and then you also have like the people who have been pre gaming since like yeah. ten hours before the show. All of them are within about six feet of us yeah if you if you went like maybe a 10 to 15 person radius around us in a circle there was every, every, every category yeah. yeah um and the guy the guy who was like right in front of <laughs> us was pretty much the guy the the pre-gaming guy he was slumped <laughs> like an hour in he was just sitting down like looking at the ground everybody else was standing up yeah we were we were in the encore and he's just like sitting down in his chair and he's got his head in his hands and he just looks miserable Oh man, um, so I uh, was that was I saw a lot of that when I went to the John Mayer concert. I kind of forgot about the demographic of adults that love John Mayer. <laughs> it's rough. It's a different vibe. It is, man. It's like it's uh, a lot of married couples, a lot of uh, like adults who've yeah who've been pre gaming. Like it's just that that one is a pretty big one at John Mayer concerts. Moms who just love him. I mean, it's they're. There. John! John! <laughs> oh, man. He's, he looked at me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's always, like, the people... I, I'm all for, like, going and seeing what bands you like, but sometimes you just look at somebody and you're like, you're just too old to be here. You can't, like, how do you know you can't Vampire Weekend, you know? Like, you might have been in, like, college when they first came out, maybe, but, like... I guess. I, guess, I forget how long they've been around. But still, that feels... Yeah, it's it makes me feel really old too because I'm like, what if people look at me and I'm yeah, the old like, guy? Who's this old? Idiot? Who's this idiot? <laughs> who's this twenty-three-year-old? Well, I mean, now old. it's like we feel. I mean, we're not old by any stretch. We feel old. Yeah, it's like when we go to like smaller venues. I'm just like, I don't want to go to the front anymore. No, 
I'm tired already. I want to sit down halfway through, <laughs> enjoy a beer, have easy access to the bathroom. And an easy exit. <laughs> and be able to get out to beat the traffic. Gosh, we are getting older, aren't we? I know. It's, it kind of happened overnight, really. Yeah. And uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum, you have the people who are way too young to be there, too. The 11-year-olds with the parents. Like, running up and down the aisles. That's always interesting. Yeah. There's not that one guy who was overzealously dancing for the first, like, four songs to our right yeah. in the aisle. And then yeah, he, that was a lot. You could tell he his energy started to deplete pretty quickly. <laughs> he he was, scaled he was it back. Out. He was scaling it back. Yeah. And then you have um, the annoying people who show up and are just talking the entire time. Why on earth do people buy? Because they would have had to spend like 60, 70 bucks on a ticket to go. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you sitting there and talking the whole time? Like, and it's and these are always the people who are right behind you. too. Oh, yeah. I get like just really a like angry when you're at like a smaller show and it's just like especially people just shows. chilling at the bar shooting the breeze you know like it's like what are you like why are you here yeah. <laughs> why did you come we need to do some some interviews <laughs> next time look buddy feet picks action reporter here feet picks on the scene we're looking for answers why won't you shut the hell up <laughs> <laughs> go outside yeah and then go talk there it's again. We are very old people, old souls, and we get very. We're getting upset. very crotchety. Yeah, we're very, very quickly upset. becoming the get off my lawn type people. We've been that for a while. You know what are you gonna do? And then you also have the people who are like, you can tell they've only heard of like one song. You know, like they heard Unbelievers on the radio five years ago, and their yeah. friend was going, and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> sure, I like that song." Yeah. Oh, a punk. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one from Step Brothers, right? But. There's a very interesting story about that, actually. We were, oh gosh, what year was this? When we we were at an Imagine Dragons concert. Oh man, uh, probably like 2013. And this is pretty painful to admit. Yeah, but... it was right before just the just bastardization of Imagine Dragons. Yeah, in our defense, I think this was kind of like, this was perhaps the last acceptable show that you could have been at. Like, I saw them, I think the, like, I think this was maybe closer to like, May or April, I want to say, yeah. when we saw them. I saw them at Music Midtown like the September or something before that. And it was a good show. And I was like, yeah, why not? I'll go again. Yeah. No. <laughs> this was probably one of the it worst was horrifying. I had ever seen. <laughs> it was there so was, bad. Specifically, there was a woman maybe two rows in front uh, of us. So many just things were wrong. And <laughs> throughout... <laughs> Throughout the show, this is this kills me because I've seen it a couple times yeah, now. Yeah, that's what's really sad about she it. She gets out her phone and starts shazamming the song that Imagine Dragons is playing <laughs> live. No. It, my favorite part about it, it's, it even eclipses this in my mind. She, We see her go on Twitter and she goes at some radio station and she goes, Imagine Dragons are so good live! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Like two songs in. Yeah. And then she sends the tweet and it's just like refreshing her feed to see if like they responded to any her. hits, any hits, <laughs> no hits, no hits. Unfortunately, I think there was probably three or four tweets that radio station. Yeah, she kept them rolling in. Yeah. Also, Naked and Famous was the opener and she was tweeting about them a lot. too. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. And oh, the icing on the cake. I'll let Brad talk about this one. <laughs> so there was. I've, I've, we had kind of a big group, I guess, with us. It was yeah, there's probably, five probably or six yeah, there's a good bit of us. Um, but I'm sitting on the end, and there's a couple open seats next to me. And this, I feel so bad for talking smack about these people. But <laughs> they deserve it. This, this dad and his son come in and sit down. And his son is sitting next to me, and I'm kind of just minding my own business. <laughs> I'm like talking to Josh and the rest of our friends who were there. 
And then I kind of, uh, I just like look down from at my phone for a second, and he, this little kid, turns to me, and he goes, "Do you like Imagine Dragons?" And I, I felt like such a jerk, but I kind of looked at him, and I was like, "Yeah, that's why I'm here." <laughs> no, the kid was the kid was probably like eleven. I felt so bad about it afterwards, but that was just my instinctual like, response. Hey, do you like Imagine Dragons? I was like, You're like, yeah, bud, uh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you idiot. You? <laughs> oh, I, thankfully, I wasn't that hard. Yeah, he wasn't it. like, I mean, he was still just like, what but, just happened? I mean, this kid was just like a goober. Yeah, real goober. Uh, poor uh, kid was trying to be friendly, and I totally shut him down. But, just trying uh, to make a friend at the Imagine Dragons show. Hey, man, that's just how, that's how Our dreams rolls. come true. You got to get a little reality check. Got to teach him early on. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. And then. That was definitely not one of my my best concert experiences. I would probably, say probably not. Probably among my worst. <laughs> I don't know if anything stands out for you as a uh, there was as one a concert experience. Um, it was like a Halloween show. I don't know. You, I think you were there. That guy dressed up as like the like fairy godmother yes. from like the Wizard of Oz <laughs> oh, or whatever. No. That guy oh, was terrible. No, he was like drunk and just being a jerk the whole time. Like, and it was just. It was, it was so lot. bad that Tyler was like told him off. <laughs> wow. Our friend Tyler, very nice, basically Pastor, told the guy to Pastor Tyler. Pastor Tyler basically told the guy to kind of you know head on to get lost. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, let me was... tell you, you got to really push Tyler yeah. to get him to be upset at you because that man <laughs> is truly kind hearted. But uh, yeah, and it's... he can't really be like putting up you know a big scene. I mean, you have to be putting up a big scene if you're a man dressed up as a fairy godmother, like wizard or whatever. You're clearly was. looking for some attention. Yeah, just would not shut up. Yeah, it was a wow. lot. Uh, what about you, Tom? Any any specific terrible concert experiences? Um, I've had pretty solid experiences all around, honestly. I think um, he says good vibes only when I'm around. I mean, yeah, like I, you know, I've I've pretty much enjoyed every concert I've been to. Um, I'm trying. I mean, maybe like at a festival. No, still fun. Because you're still you're like scooping up free watches and Ray Bans from the ground and stuff. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Always, always got the eyes peeled. Listen, oh, listen. Freebies do not stop, even in the mosh pit. Some advice for if you're ever at a concert: just look at the ground when you're leaving. You will find something. I I can almost guarantee it. You will find something that Unless someone dropped. An Odin is around, and he will snag Unless it before you even see Odins it. Unless there are Odins at your venue, otherwise it'll all be gone. <laughs> It's like it's like one of those beachcombers, you know, that they drag behind the tractors. Those are the Odin boys leaving a venue. That's that's me, dude. I got my flashlight out. I'm looking at the ground. I mean, they're not going to miss it. So he goes, I need some new sunnies. Yeah, we were. Oh, my God. We were at Camp Flogna. And I swear there were at least three instances. We were like, oh, nice. And you kind of bend down and you grab something. I know you got that watch from Flogna. Yeah, I did. I still wear it. Yeah, (laughs) I still wear it. Uh, but speaking of Flogna, that was probably one of my favorite crowds that I've ever been in. Dude, that was, I yeah, think, it was good. Some yeah. Like-minded individuals. Incredibly like-minded. A lot of so. boomers in the crowd at uh, Camp Flogna. <laughs> Stands only. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. I mean, because we were, so we were in the crowd for Kids See Ghosts, of course. That's probably my favorite concert, my favorite show that I've ever been to. Um, but we were pretty far up. And... So they went through the entire album front to back, and then all of a sudden, Kanye and Cuddy start busting out some old 808s and Heartbreak stuff. And there's this like 
40 year old man who's standing behind me <laughs> just getting it and and i and all of a sudden as soon as paranoid starts playing he screams at the top of his lungs <laughs> and he is going absolutely nuts and he's got his wife next to him and she's getting oh, it too that. and i was like in any other show i would be totally turned off by the fact that there's like this guy twice just my so age genuine. just hanging out but he's oh, so genuinely so happy raging to 808s and heartbreaks that it, it it truly warmed my heart because that's going to be me in about 20 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Josh, what's your favorite concert you've ever been to? And I see you're going I'm, through I'm your I'm scrolling through list. my quite large list right now. I'm going to kind of just highlight, not necessarily like favorite ones, just kind of unique ones. Yeah. Still fail. I still enjoyed them, obviously. Uh, one stands out, um, the one like the most, I would say. Um, Gregory Allen Isakov. Saw him Very with solid. a friend of the show, Kyle. Love Greg. Love Kyle. A couple years ago. He was at the Atlanta Symphony like Hall playing with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Oh, that's sick. And it was just him and his little banjo player and then the orchestra. It was so sick. That's awesome. And Very then, unique, yeah. Yeah. Another unique one was we saw, I don't know if you were at the Bragg Jam this time or not, but it was, um, we saw Faye Webster play at like oh, no, an art that. gallery. That's with like cool. 20 people. <laughs> Atlanta local Faye Webster. Like, if you don't know Faye Webster, she's dope. She's gotten Look her pretty up. big. She's kind of like blown up. Yeah, yeah, pretty moderately. That surprises me that there was only 20 people. I feel like she was, I guess she wasn't I think quite it was before. I think it was right before the album came out. Um, mm, that's probably where yeah. she's on the bike. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that one. I think it was right before that one came out. Because she I remember she did some songs from it. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of scrolling through. Ooh, another great one. You were at this one. Um, Boy and Bear. Oh, yeah. With Run River North as oh, the that opener. Was that yeah. was sick. Before Run River North fell off. Yeah. It really yeah, fell off. That's because, like, half the band just, like, quit, basically. So. Which is weird. There must have been some sort of internal power struggle. I, I guess so. But we got the first couple albums out of them. It's so. like when we kicked Tom out of feed picks for, for one week while we covered Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. yeah it was a power I struggle. I believe that. <laughs> we had to remind him who he's dealing with, even on the West Coast. <laughs> a couple of alphas over here. Um, that Fleet Foxes uh, wow. show we went to was very good too. In terms That's of, I mean, just sheer just vocal and musical like quality and sound quality like yeah. alone from that show was incredible. Like their live performances compared to their studio performances are almost very like, seamless. It's very, very rare that you get somebody who has like such a good voice both live and in studio, and he was killing it. It's like Robin Pecknold would just be like. You know, just yelling his heart out for like three minutes, like a three minute song or whatever. And he's like, thank you. And then they just start the next one. <laughs> I mean, he'd talk a little bit, but he was like, oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. I love those. I love at the end of the songs when artists do that, they just go, thank you. That's a, that's a John Mayer. Thank you. What about you, Tom? Any, any standout performances come to mind? I mean, the John Mayer concert I went to when I was home like last month was really, really good. It really warms my heart to hear you still refer to Atlanta as home. That's what you like to Makes see. me think that it's maybe one day I'll come back to it's us. It's still home. It's still home. Don't, <laughs> it won't ever not be home for me. The Hollywood elite haven't they haven't him grabbed him yet. Not fully. Um, I that that concert was really good. I think um, he just was on it. I mean, like that man. I mean, he's always on it, but man, he was killing it uh, that night. I mean, every song. Vocally and guitar wise, he just was killing it. I it was such a good show. Um, 
that reminds me of that video he put out where it was like an NBA or like, what was it? Like an MMA style press release afterwards where he's like sitting at <laughs> oh, this yeah. table and there's like a bunch of reporters in front of him. And he's going, yeah, you know, we had a really strong opener with Heartbreak Warfare in the first half. I think we really reeled him in. It's very That's funny right. Oh, yeah. The opener. Okay. The opener for that was actually really cool. It said, um, so basically to start the show, he had this screen on stage. And um, it had the DVD logo, and it was bouncing around while we were waiting for him to come out. And as soon as it hit the corner, he started playing music, and they all came out. <laughs> like, That's incredible. What a way to start your show. The DVDs. This is very on brand with him. Oh, and then uh, in in between um, sets, he went on Current Mood, and then like they had Current Mood, which is his his show on Instagram playing on the big screen in the, in the theater while we were all watching and like waiting for him to come back on. So he That's was like awesome. talking to us while he was in there. Just, just an all around great show. Saw it, saw it with a uh, Matt holiday, friend of the show, friend of the, friend show. Of the show, Matt holiday. One more actually just came to mind. Yeah. We were all at what this one. Got? Um, the outdoor young, the giant oh, family and friends show in Louisville. That was just that was such a, a blur. <laughs> I can't believe that looks like real. <laughs> For some context, we drove 12 hours. I think it was more like 10. 10 hours. We drove 10 hours from Alpharetta, Georgia to Louisville, Kentucky. And we slept on a tile floor, a cold tire tile floor. One of our friends at a seminary at a seminary in a dorm room. And there was six, I guess, people in one like half dorm room. Yeah. All of us piled in on the floor. And then the next morning we get up and we stand for eight hours. No, it felt six like hours, it probably because we got there like really early and we went down because it was a Red Bull like sponsored the weekend. Yes. And there's a bunch of like those homemade like crafts that people would like fly. Yeah. Like 10 feet and then just crash into the river. Yeah. They off. drop like rocks immediately. Yeah. Flugtag is what that was called. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Flugtag. we just kind of walked down for that for a little bit. Then we went to where like the venue kind of was, and then we just like, well, why not? Let's be in the front row. Mm-hmm. It was worth it once they came out because it was pretty damn sick. I don't think my feet have ever hurt more in my entire life. Oh, it was miserable yeah, I was until dying. I started playing. Miserable. Like it was so hot, dude. It was so <laughs> hot. It was it was like a hundred degrees, and we were standing in literally standing in place for six hours. Like we couldn't even move to like get the blood flowing. You like know? the concert had like a delay to starting by like an hour or two as well. Yeah, and we were just was, standing there. It was rough. Great show though. We saw Young the Giant and our good friends, family and friends, for twelve dollars. I think it was. Yeah, it was yeah, like nothing. Twelve dollars. Yeah. I um well, I made this gas. <laughs> the gas was probably three times as much yeah. like per person as the ticket was. I think we rode up in Tom's Accord. We did. Yeah, we did. It was in my car. <laughs> that was a full Accord. For oh sure. yeah. It, I we were probably scraping the the bottom of the highway <laughs> as we were going. Suspension riding real low. Uh, oh man. To be young. To, I couldn't do it anymore. No, I'd be like, no. I'd be sitting at the bar. <laughs> yeah. I'd be I'd be that guy that's talking the whole time at the bar now. <laughs> real hypocrite um but yeah it's a lot of interesting concerts for sure we've been around the block we had been around the block and uh speaking of good music uh we got to a little discover weekly now it's oh. there's been some some real good music coming out recently indeed uh tom i think you're you're up first big guy yeah i got you i got you we uh 
I was sitting <clears throat> after work two days ago, saw Post Malone's new album came out, and I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll give it a listen. And the very first track, uh, Hollywood's Bleeding. Oh my gosh, that that one, that one, I was like, I it took me by surprise. I heard it, it started playing, and I was like, yeah, this isn't bad. And then it switches up totally to a different beat. And I was like, oh, you know, that's that's pretty sweet. And then he switches it up for a third time at the very end. It's so cool. I, I'm a very toes. big fan of this song. Um there's a couple other there's a couple other uh songs in the album I really liked. Um but man, Hollywood's bleeding really stands out. So we'll 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 listen to it and then I'll talk I'll talk about it. Are we, so, are we gone? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. No, no, keep going. Go ahead. Do the whole thing. Um, yeah, so Hollywood's Bleeding. I thought that one was really cool. He just kind of talks about... You know, it's really weird. Uh, I was telling my roommate about this. He uh, or I was sitting and thinking about it, like, hearing all these songs about Hollywood and California and all these different spots that I've been to. It's weird to think that it's right around the corner. Like, Hollywood is 20 minutes for me. And, yeah. like, all these places I hear about in songs now, like, I'm right there like that's just really strange to think about yeah between post malone and lana del rey you got a lot to work with a lot yeah you're telling me (laughs) Um, queen but yeah like i said hollywood's bleeding is cool because he he starts uh he starts with one feel of the song and then he kind of like switches up the beat and it gets a little bit more upbeat and then towards the end of the song he switches it up for a third time in this really cool finale of just uh a cacophony of like sounds and beats and man this song is yeah. yeah i really like the song a lot yeah he plays around with a lot of different genres on this album which is pretty cool like he's got some kind of like almost metal kind of vibes and some of them like he's got an ozzy osbourne feature which is really that one, cool. yeah that one's fun yeah uh, I immediately had to go and listen to like war pigs afterwards <laughs> i was like oh man i gotta get some ozzy in my system now um but post is like a young Ozzy. <laughs> yeah. Is he going to start biting the heads off of canaries or something like that? On stage? Probably not too far off. Yeah. I, uh, I bet he would. I think he'd do it. I really like the song Allergic. Have you guys heard that one? Yeah. Yeah. I do like the one a lot. I think Circles is probably still up there for me. Definitely my stand-up favorite as that, for now. That chunky bass line in Circles. Yeah. Yeah. And that one's almost like, it's almost got like a little funk in there, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of like poppy at the same time. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, Hollywood's bleeding post Malone. Check it out. Get it today. Get it today. Uh, yeah, that is all I had to say about that. I'll, uh, okay. I'll pass the torch to Josh. There you go. Throw the baton over. 
So for my Discover Weekly, I'm doing something that's new, which is shocking and maybe it is from the year 2019. Maybe disturbing for some of our listeners. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'd like to assure you that this is still the Josh you know and love. I have not been swapped out by the deep state yet. You have not been body swapped yet. Not yet. It's because you didn't send in your ancestry.com DNA stuff yet. That's true. As long as I hold out, they'll get me. (laughs) They'll get you. They're kind of troubleshooting right now in the lab with DNA. (laughs) So my song is a song that kind of is flying under the radar somehow. I'm not really sure. Um, but it's a song called Take Me to the Light by none other than Francis and the Lights with some perhaps well-known features. Um, you, you might recognize them. them. Um, a man named Kanye West is on there. Uh, who's that now? Uh, Kanye Omarion West. Yeah, what, is he like a jazz guy? or like, um, is it like Yeah, he does kind of like rock and roll maybe. Afro uh, rock. Uh, jazz combo. Oh, wow, that's neat. I've, I've yeah. never heard of him. I'll have to check him out. Yeah, he's actually from like the 60s. So he, probably, he probably doesn't get a lot oh, of new okay. stuff. Yeah. Um, and then a guy from uh, <clears throat> Bonnie Vare named Justin Vernon is also Oh, featured. he sounds familiar. Yeah. And I think I saw that there's a writing credit from Caroline Shaw. Oh, love Caroline Shaw. So, just like, you know, some heavy hitters going on the radar. Some real heavyweights. Let's just play a little little sample of the song before we kind of jump back in. Here is Take Me to the Light by Francis and the Lights. Trees catching fire, what a way to die. And used to take me to the light every night. Used to take me to the light every time. And the stars will align every time. You ain't That was Take Me to the Light. Um, obviously, if you know me, you know that I have a love of 80s music kind of deep down. You're a big synth fan. I do enjoy the synths. And that like that intro, just that heavy synth. Like I, I, if you're in the group chat, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> for all three of you that are in the group chat out there, I've been sending some very uh, vaporwave gifts and with along yes. with lyrics. Um, throughout the process of Josh, listening to this absolutely album, absolutely using album the song out of the group me gift keyboard. I am just, I love it. When you find the right gift with the lyric, it really just, the likes come in. <laughs> you hit the, <laughs> the like ceiling real fast. If it's well done, you'll get, the, you'll get to that fifth like. <laughs> the coveted yeah. fifth like. I mean, so something interesting about this song was like two weeks ago, there was an article that came out that was an interview with. Justin Vernon, a.k.a. Bon Iver, where he was like, yeah, me and Kanye don't really like vibe anymore. And then like two weeks later, <laughs> here comes, comes out. them collaborating on a Francis and the Lights. Here's us vibing. Yeah, here, here we are vibing to the max. That's we crazy, are. bro. I guess we do vibe. <laughs> I like to think, uh, you know, there was like a brief period, you know, the episode of SpongeBob where SpongeBob goes to work at the Krusty Krab and him and Mr. Krabs are kind of like in a dream state reaching out to each other. The, yeah. the chum bucket? The chum, the chum bucket. bucket, yeah. Sorry, 
Just um, a I, I like to think spoon. that that's that's Kanye and Justin, and they were kind of like <laughs> reaching out to each other in, in a dream state, and they. Patty is a patty. That's what I see. Yeah, so that's that's. I think that's pretty much exactly it. That's gonna that's gonna be how I pretend to view it from now on. Yeah, I mean that's probably about as close as you can get to the, what's the truth. Yeah, heavily stylized, but uh, also incredibly true. A great song. Yeah, I hope you like it. Very cool song. Some some nice '80s vibes mixed in with some Chance the Rapper coloring book vibes uh, from the Francis feature as well towards the end. Do we know if there's a Francis album on the way, or is this just kind of a one-off single? As far as we know, I have no idea. Okay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll keep you updated. He keeps dropping uh, bangers like this. You'll be hearing about them. Oh, you'll be hearing them a lot for sure. Um, On to Brad for his Discover Weekly. Speaking of Kanye West, Ooh, uh, Kanye West, samples. Kanye West samples. Here's some for example. Um, uh, president of Good Music, Pusha T, also came out with two new songs uh, recently. Although I'm going to highlight one of them. And this is uh, I'll give you a little snippet right here. This is "Coming Home" by Pusha T featuring Lauren Hill. Reminiscing on the days when the trips was Cancun and the bottles got sprayed. You can't relate because you wasn't there. Now you wasn't hot. Let me make it clear. Y'all was breaking in the cars. We was breaking bad. When y'all was fighting dogs, we was racing jags. This the life for the fast. Ain't no future, ain't no past. We won't worry about the crash. <laughs> now it's jail poses and club pictures. Airbrush backdrops and jail visits. This the dope boy song for the dope boys gone. Let them know it's still when snowing. Drawn, you hold on to anything. Some do wrong, they have to do anything. But when the void is filled, you'll stand up to anything. When love is real, you can do anything. That was Coming Home by Pusha T and Miss Lauren Hill. Excuse Thank me, you. Josh corrected me. I just don't want us to you know, catch any flack from the industry of course as everyone knows we pride ourselves in being 100 percent accurate on everything that we say and talk yes, about because um, we are the number one source of truth on the internet it's a very important standard that we uphold um but so this was actually leaked a couple weeks ago uh there's been a lot of leaks from good music especially recently we got a rat yeah there's there's a rat there's a mole uh probably from ovo sound somewhere in there it's good good chance um but so this leaked with a, a couple of yandi tracks also leaked um but i'm really happy we got an official release of this because i love this song mm-hmm. um it's very much like a feel-good song which you don't really expect from Pusha t ever usually he's got kind of like those dirty dark yeah. like yeah yeah exactly but uh this is a nice change of pace and it was also the first time that there's been a new verse from lauren hill in almost five years which is pretty wild wow. as well yeah, please so, come back. And I read an article, I believe it was in Rolling Stone, about the song where Pusha T was kind of talking about how he'd been working with uh, Miss Lauren Hill on this for like, I think, close to a year and a half. And they were just kind of going back and forth about it. And he just kind of threw out a line to her one day and was like, Hey, I have this beat, like, and we're making a song with it. Do you want to come on to it? Just as like a, you know, oh, let's just see what'll happen. And she was like, Sure. <laughs> like, and this is okay. after like, three years of not recording anything new. Um, and so he was like, even though it leaked, uh, I really wanted to do it justice since I'm, you know, so happy with how it turned out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody deserves new Lauren Hill in their life. Um, but 
there's an interesting thing where if you listen to the song on like car speakers or something where it's like maybe a little louder than headphones is you can notice like some really uh, foggy audio from Lauren Hill, which is interesting. And there's like some static in the background. So I don't know if maybe she was just kind of like chilling and doing iPhone recordings because she was like, whatever, you know, I'm Lauren Hill. I can do what I want. Uh, and everybody will love it because it's great. And they will. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if there was something going on there with that. But Perhaps a stylistic uh, choice. Perhaps. Perhaps a stylistic choice. And uh, this was also, it kind of coincides with some new uh, charity initiative that Push is doing about um, uh, kind of bringing awareness to the, uh, the three-strike laws in terms of like drug possession. Um, so kind of uh, trying to raise awareness for that and, and change some of the outdated uh, prison laws. So it's very cool as well. Good job, Feel push. good all around. Good job, Push. We love you. Friend of the show, Push a T. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that about wraps it up. Episode 12 of Feet Picks, baby. You heard it here first. Take Look it at sleazy. that. Uh, we have, I guess, a, a few announcements, maybe. Sure. Uh, there is some some rumblings. I'm hearing some rumblings of the you know, the feet picks trio that there might be some merch on the way. Merch uh, right. Some designs are being workshopped. Uh, so be on the lookout on Instagram. Keep your ear to the ground. Yeah. You can follow us at featured picks uh, on Instagram and Twitter, but we Twitter is pretty much a barren wasteland in terms of our yeah. social media. It's just, just, it's like a placeholder. <laughs> we just got to make sure there's no frauds and I imposters get, out there. The name just in case. Yeah, we just wanted the handle. It's true. Especially when we sell it. Five years from now when our brand has exploded. That's true. Um, what else? As per usual, uh, if you have a featured pick that you want us to cover on the show, love to hear from you. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. We'll accept it, maybe. If it's um, good. If it's a good, you know, it's a good pick, we'll, we'll put it on the show. If it's not, we'll just send you a message that says red. <laughs> we'll leave you on red if it sucks. That's not red true. At we, we will read all of them. Um, but anywho, this has been Josh, Brad, and Tom. Feature Picks, episode 12. We love you. Mwah. We love you. <laughs>